Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmSports.ca. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Oilers now, Bob Stauffer joining you from Dallas, Texas. The second hour of Oilers now is brought to you by Digitex. Digitex has our office printer and supply needs covered. They do it all. They could be doing it for you right now. In this hour, Oilers General Manager Peter Shirelli, a one-on-one. Mark Spector, Stauffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta, live racing Saturdays at Northlands Park. And uh, with the NHL Network, himself once a number one overall pick in the NHL draft, and a general manager at one time of the Tampa Bay Lightning, our uh, friend Brian Lawton. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino uh, hotline, 780-496-0063. They've got blood, sweat, and tears with Bo Bice, June 29th, and Nazareth, August 10th. Quickly, uh, by the way, tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. We're going to head off to the West Lockport text line at 630-630. If you're looking for a new vehicle, go see Paul Olson at West Lockport. Check out their great selection today at westlockport.com. It's worth the ride, uh, worth the drive to get your new ride. All right. Um, um, the, uh, lots of different perspectives on uh, the... Glenn the Brit was giving me crap for not talking enough about uh, soccer. I've actually been accused, I think, have I not been accused more the other way, Brendan, of talking too much about soccer over the last two or three years? And and I rather like international soccer. Uh, But let's get to some texts. Lyle, uh, the RDNK Canadian, which uh, I'm going to assume is an abbreviation for redneck, World who? Watching a soccer game is very much like watching paint dry. The Don says, Bob, I love it that you gave uh, Glenn the Brit the business. I hate soccer. It's an un-Canadian sport. No one is going to tell us to unplug some hockey for soccer. Ha! Uh, Ross from Edmonton says, Bob, please don't talk soccer. I'm sure your ratings would have gone up this past week. The other guys, for some reason, think soccer translates well on radio. Barely watchable on TV, unbearable to listen to from Ross. You know what? I, I, I like soccer. I do. Um, for what it's worth, I, maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only one. A lot of my friends, Bob, are watching the World Cup very closely. I have a group chat that just goes off all day 
with my friends talking about soccer. They aren't talking about the moves around the NHL. They're talking about soccer. So what you're saying about the younger generation liking soccer, there is some truth to that. All right. Another text uh, said, Bob, when I criticized the media for not understanding uh, Taylor Hall, I was referring to the mainstream media outside of Edmonton, not appreciating him until he went down east, not the media in Edmonton. All right. Well, I don't even there, I think a lot of guys thought Taylor was a pretty good player. So, for whatever, it's all good. Let's get to our one-on-one converse. Oh, uh, just before we do, Pierre Dorian, and we, we ran some Peter Shirelli clips today at uh, at 12.05. We're going to get to the Shirelli interview at one eleven. However, that said, I know that Pierre Dorian has spoken in Ottawa, and there were a couple pretty interesting comments. And what did you glean from that, uh, Brendan Ulrich? Well, the first one, uh, Dorian says the Sens' dressing room was broken. They needed to trade Mike Hoffman. He also says uh, they first heard of the Hoffman-Carlson situation as a rumor at the end of the season. Uh, And also about the pick, it sounds like they're going to keep it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's, you know... Roughly a fifty. Even if they came in dead last uh, next year, there's still a fifty percent chance that that pick would be uh, could still be number four. So I'm not surprised they're keeping the pack pick, and they could come in dead last, especially if they go ultra cheap. Uh, all right, let's do this. Uh, let's get to our one-on-one conversation with Edmonton Oilers general manager Peter Shirelli. Peter, this is always a very uh, intriguing uh, time of the year. Edmonton Oilers in a, sort of an interesting spot at number ten, and part of it is from your, you know, from the organization's end, it's got to be you're kind of dependent upon some others do before you aren't there, and as a result, you've looked at a lot of different variables. Yeah, we've run a lot of uh, mock drafts between one and eleven, um, and looked at a lot of scenarios uh, because we think that after a, a group of initial group of players, the next group, which a group that we're in. There's not a lot to distinguish as far as kind of the players of the best ability. So, you know, you look at, well, then you just wait to see who drops because usually there's a, an outlier that comes in. Or do you have to do you move up to, to, to try and move up a spot or two to try and get a guy maybe that you want a little bit more for a need basis, positional basis? Um, but you're right. You're, you're, you're going to rely a lot on the, the people above you. Um, and I think it's important to maintain a dialogue, which I have with the GMs. But they, you know, they see what we see. At least that's what they're telling us. And and I think if I were a betting man, you know, there may be there may be one little bit of movement in the top ten. But I, I think. I think people will just kind of play it out. All right, so the NFL draft, you know, left tackles, quarterbacks, those are the guys that go early. Uh, running backs don't go early. The NHL draft, goalies don't go early. But are we starting to see the importance of, and not that there's never not been importance, of centers in defense? And does that potentially, you know, change the dynamic a bit in a year that's not deep as center with Kakanami and Barrett Hayton and players of those ilk maybe working their way higher than people originally thought? Yeah, they might. I mean, it's always been centers and D have always been kind of the... Uh, you know, you, you, you place those uh, over wingers as, as far as significance. Um, there is a bit of a lack of centers. Um, um, so does, do, do those guys move higher than maybe where we have more other teams have them? Probably. They probably, it's an upward pull. Um, and those two guys are good players. You know, and they're, they're both good two-way players. And uh, they're both uh, very smart players. So, um, well, there's been a lot of talk about uh, uh, us getting a right-handed D, whether it's by trade or drafting. And, and uh, but at, at the end of the day, I mean, you have to draft the best player available. And um, uh, 
and uh, those are the types of players that are in our mix, those two players. How much of a conversation that starts for maybe the next week and a half really begins, even on a day like today, with all the teams having their respective scouting staffs together uh, for a potential trade down the road? Well, maybe this afternoon we have the GM meetings this afternoon. Is that the, kind of the genesis of where yeah. it kind of begins? Yeah, I mean, like these last couple of days, I've had a lot of calls. I've made a lot of calls, and it's just you kind of you build it up. Like last week, not as many calls, but enough that that it seemed like a lot. Um, you know, it's like there's a deadline because in your mind because then the draft would be it because picks are assets, so you want to see if you can roll a, a deal into into the draft day, day one or day two, um, involving a pick, which is kind of why there's a bit of a crescendo. Also, we're all in the same place, so that, that kind of gets it going too. Um, but, you know, like... Um, I guess I guess you uh, you know you, we're, we're having our GM meetings and you know, there's a lot, a lot of the chatter. The same, you know the most chatter is following GM meetings usually the next morning. So and those when deals kind of that are going to happen on draft day, those when they kind of reach a climax. So we'll see. I mean I'm involved in a lot of a lot of these discussions and it it's really not a lot different than it's been in past years. And you just got to be involved and, and know where the market's going. And, and that impacts kind of where the picks are going to go, too, because you're trying to see if such and such, you know, we, we've got a list of 10. We pick 10. Like, if there's an outlier that comes in and maybe through a trade that they want someone who might be below us, we got to know kind of where that's going and how that'll impact our pick. So competitive intelligence, obviously, is important. Yeah. Having a feel for what other teams are going to do. One final question for you. Uh, you know, the team was underperformed last season. That's a given. But how do you equate, maybe, you know, recognizing, okay, we, we made some changes as an example to the coaching staff. We think there's going to be some progress and, uh, progression and maturation of some of our players. And maybe not doing, maybe the natural inclination is, well, we got to do something. But conversely, you know, how do you weigh that in terms of making sure that maybe you don't overreact to the year? Well, that, 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 that's a really good question. Someone else asked me that earlier. Um, Rare when I'd ask a good question, <laughs> but as you know, you've learned. No, but, but, you know, like, if, if you, if you, like, it, it's easy, it's easy, and it's not necessarily wrong to want change when things are bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's an instinctive feeling, um, whether you're in the business or not. But, um, you got to be careful that you don't meddle too much. You got to know when someone's performing below uh, where they're expected to be, or that's where they should be. Right, and that's our job to figure that out. And I, I, I felt I felt that there were a lot of subpar performances last year. Um, so you know, like it, like I, I, I try not to overreact. I understand that our fans are very disappointed in the year and clamor for changes and and and, and whatnot, but. You just have to be careful. You don't meddle too much, and uh, and you just have to do the right thing for the organization. Appreciate your time, Peter Shirelli, owner's general manager. So that's sort of an extension on his availability from earlier today. It is one fifteen in Edmonton. Uh, quick update: World Cup. Spoiler alert: Argentinian goaltender gives away a goal. Croatia up. Croatia's got some terrific meal. Uh, Midfielders, but uh, Lionel Messi in Argentina, who did not have a very good qualification round down in South America, and they are down one nothing uh, to Croatia. They need to find at least a way to get to a, uh, a draw in this game. Uh, they drew in their opening game as well, and then if they were theoretically to win their final game of their pool, they could advance on to the round of 16. There's your soccer update for my friend Glenn the Brit. 
Spector, Mark Spector, stopper inspector for Horse Racing Alberta when we return in Oilers now. When you want to fly your Oilers colors with fan gear or outfit your fan cave, there's only one place. ProAmSports.ca. Jerseys, apparel, headwear, and memorabilia from your favorite players and teams. Whether it's the NHL, the CFL, the NFL, MLB, or more, ProAm Sports are your fan cave specialists. And if it comes with a ProAm Sports certificate of authenticity and hologram, you know it's 100% authentic, hand signed memorabilia. So no matter who you cheer for, ProAm Sports has got your guy. Visit their Edmonton show. Showroom on St. Albert Trail. Fill your fan cave at proamsports.ca. That's proamsports.ca. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Ched. 119 in Edmonton. So, full disclosure here Bob Stoffer down in Dallas. And uh, so there was the full Peter Shirelli availability. And I knew that we were going to get him for uh, Oilers TV and then also for a one on one for Oilers Now. So I hovered around the. Uh, the media availability and listen to all the questions. So when I asked Peter the question about, uh, you know, can you basically stand pat and maybe not overreact to the season that it was? And then Peter said, I had somebody else ask me that question. I was like, well, I don't remember hearing anybody ask that question. We're going to bring in Mark Spector and he's going to explain exactly what happened as to why Shirelli had heard that question before. Speck, how are you? <laughs> Pretty good, Bob. I'm not in Dallas. First draft I've missed in a long time. And Peter was so kind to phone me right. Was uh, probably a longer version of your question, Bob, which was, you know, this team underachieved last year and a whole bunch of players had down seasons. And how much can you just sit back and say, look, the ship's going to write itself to a certain extent. How much does Pete Chiarelli have to get involved in writing the ship? And he gave me an excellent answer that, you know, you can't just stand there and wait for it to fix itself. But we also know that, you know, I think we all think that uh, Oscar Clefbaum's going to have a better season. Cam Talbot's going to have a better season, right? Uh, I go through about seven guys. Milan Lucic, if he's here, is going to have a better season. So that was the question I asked, and you turn around and ask the same one, which tells me one thing, Bob, that we spend too much time together, my friend. Yeah, when I start asking your questions and coming up with your perspectives on things, I'm starting to get a little bit worried. <laughs> me uh, too, man. <laughs> but you know what? Like, like that's the thing. Like, there's there's people out there. Oh, they got to shake it up. They got to do. Some would say the orders shook it up already too much in the past over the last couple of years. And I, I, I mean, to the goaltending thing. So the expectation here is that Koskinen is at least going to be a more viable option for Todd McClellan and the staff than what the Oilers have had in the past in concert with Cam Talbot. So Talbot should be better. You mentioned, the, you know, not just with Clefbaum and Sekra, but Larson missed large portions of last year. Benning, does he have another, uh, you know, uh, level that he can get to? So that's the defense. And then, you know, the secondary scoring, which was clearly absence from what's going to happen with Drake DeJula. A lot of, right. like a lot of the analytics guys don't like Drake DeJula. Uh, uh, who cares what they say? I think that there's a young player going into his third pro season who's enjoyed uh, an excellent rookie year, uh, a not very good sophomore year where you, you know, what do they say, Bob? You learn more from losing than winning. Yeah. Uh, I'll bet you he learned a lot last year on what it feels like when things don't go well. So what I suspect he'll be better. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I know that we went from doing uh, the full scrum with the media, and then uh, Jack and myself, 
and uh, Jessica for Oilers TV got Peter about six minutes later. So you must have had about a five-minute conversation with Pete. Did you get anything else that you sort of uh, that's going to appear in your piece here that people can look forward to later today? Well, I'll tell you one thing. I asked him a couple things flat out. Uh, I said when he said to the to the media in Dallas, uh, Jim Matheson asked him, Have, "Did Milan Lucic ask for a trade?" And Pete right. Chiarelli said, "I'm not talking about that." Now that's just you know that's how he operates. He doesn't dignify a rumor right. with an answer, and I get that. But my experience with hockey men is, if Milan Lucic had not asked for a trade, and that was all hokum. Pete Chiarelli would have been the first guy to stand up and say, that's just not true. It never happened. It's not true. Don't go down that road. I'm telling you, it never happened. He didn't say that. He said, I'm not talking about it. So that was one thing. He told me the same thing. He said, look, Spec, I'm not going down the road. Take it where you want. I'm not going down the road. I respect that. The other thing I asked him was, look, you know, we know why you traded Taylor Hall for Larson. We understood that you were doing a salary dump with Everly for Strom. Uh, You know, but the bottom line is, there's no room on the scorecard for a story, and those trades don't look real good today. Does that shape how you go about your trading business now? And he said to me very frankly, look, I know how all these trades are perceived. I get it, what people think, right? He reads, Bob. Yeah, he does. He knows that people think that he's in arrears in his trading record in Edmonton. He's very, very much informed of that. And I guess what he said to me that stood out was he said, look, Speck, I just want to say the golf game's not over yet. <laughs> you know, you got to get back in the horse and you got to make the deals you think are right. And you can't shape today's trade because of something that happened three years ago that maybe has you know, turned out the way you didn't want. So there's a guy that's back on his horse. He's not going to make it. He's not going to turn a trade down today because Taylor Hall just won the heart and nor should he. Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting because when you look at the, the three trades, and we've talked about this before, Spec, um, the worst of the three trades, even though Taylor Hall won the Hart Trophy and we're happy for Taylor that that happened, the worst trade was the Reinhardt trade. Uh, unquestionably. Because they got nothing for a 16 and a 33. No, and again, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I saw Griffin playing junior, and I, I thought, okay, so you're giving up the 16th overall pick for a guy that went four a couple of years earlier that won a Memorial Cup, you yep. should know this player the best. But you know what? The coaching staff at that time had very little time for Griffin. Uh, Griffin's commitment level to improving, I, th- I think he has to take some ownership on, and that was a concern with him every step of hey, the way. Call a spade a spade. He ain't playing anymore. Right. right. He's not a worker. Player. Bad trade. Bad He's trade, right? That's the one. I mean, at least with Hall, you can say, well, you got Larson. And in the final 20 games last year, there's no question who the Oilers' best defenseman was. It was Adam Larson. So, is he a number? Is he a top two? Well, you don't know. No, he's probably not a On top Edmonton, two. he is. On Edmonton, he is. So, <laughs> there we go. All right. Uh, so, do you expect that they'll make a, based on your converse, following the Shirelli's media availability and based on your conversation with him, do you think that uh, we're going to be seeing a trade here of the pick for some immediate help? Uh, I really feel like, like, He's going to go into this if he if he is fortunate enough to be able to identify uh, the offensive defenseman in a trade that he's looking for. You know that player that we've discussed for months here. If he is fortunate enough to have that that trade set up and ready to go, Bob, I'm going to say to you this. My question to you would be: Let's say he's got that trade in his pocket. Does he still wait to see who's available at ten? 
Or does he make that trade before the draft starts and give up his tent and say, I got my guy, you can have your guy? Does, uh, how do you think that will go? I, you know, he talked about different scenarios, and uh, you, you'll see it on the Oilers TV interview as well. Like, they did lots of different mock drafts. I'm not sure. I, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not either. I'm, I'm, I got to tell you, I don't know at this right. stage of the game. Um, I know who I think's going on the top nine. And I would be prepared to move the number 10 for the right player. But, like, I'll give you an example. Is Ryan Ellis the right player? Absolutely. $2.5 million in the last year of his deal. And a guy that's a core culture guy for the National Predators, uh, you know, looking for a contract extension. Well, you can make some money wiggle by next year on him. He'd be the right player for me. But he's the wrong player for Nashville to give up at this time for that pick, even though Nashville doesn't have a first or second pick. So there's that angle, too. Hey, Spec, very quickly, the awards. Uh, yes. You are the. You are the. Are you the president of the? Is it the PWHA or the PHWA? The Professional Hockey Writers Association. All right, and was you're the president to make me president. Yes. Well, they, they, first of all, I got to <laughs> raise their standards on that. But just give me a thought on the feedback you've got since there's been full disclosure on the selections. Well, this is the first year, and it's up on our website at uh, thephwa.com. Uh, we we have we vote on the Hart, the Norris, the Calder, the Selkie, uh, the Lady being the Masterton. We vote on the All Star teams, uh, both veteran and rookie. So you can go on our site right this second and see Mark Spector's vote in every single one of those categories. If you so choose, it is the first time in 50 years that that has happened. So it's a big step for us, right? We're opening up the, yep. the closet here. It's total transparency. Uh, and frankly, the complaints I've seen thus far have been about sort of rogue votes. How did that one guy vote for that sure. one player? You know, I've not heard. You know, how did Taylor Hall win the heart, right? I mean, he's a very viable heart winner. You know, how did Victor Hedman win the Norris? By no means, he's a very viable Norris winner. So I'll make it short, right? Our history is we, you can always say that your guy didn't win, but go back and look at our last 20 years of voting. We get the vote very right very often. Yes, there's been the odd Taylor Hall at left wing and Ovechkin at left wing thing. I get it. But our record is strong, and I think it's a real good result this year. Okay, one final one for you. What do you think of uh, your members openly campaigning against players in certain categories? Well, I can't control what our members do. We're in the media, right? We want openness from hockey players and, and uh, right. general managers. I can't tell uh, Greg Wyshynski to not make his views public that he doesn't think Connor McDavid, uh, you know, qualifies to win a Hart Trophy this season. That's what he thinks. We're in the meet. We're all about opinions, Bob. Yep. Right? He's not campaigning. He's stating his opinion. You know, God bless him. That's why we, uh, well, we're having to live where we live, right? And the irony is, uh, Wyshynski is a, uh, a New Jersey Devils fan. And a New Jersey Devil player ended up winning the heart this year. Uh, so, I don't he, know if I'd you know go what? that far. No, well, no, no, no. Spec, spec. The player Taylor Hall deserved to win the heart. If I, well, there you go. You know what? I, I would have had him in the top two for sure. So I voted him. I don't want to take away. I don't want to take away for one second from Taylor, but it is interesting that Wyshynski, an open cheerleader for like. He, you know, that's an interesting point. Spec, great stuff. I got to get to break here, okay? Yeah, thanks, Bobby. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell.